0: Listening to the full 10 yards podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to the full 10 yards podcast. Week six is in the books. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We've got a great show in front of us today. We're going to be joined by Kieran Patterson, who you may remember if you are a hardcore listener and we're here from the start. He was on our first ever podcast talking about my teams, my thoughts. My God, that seems like a long time ago. Uh, He, of course, talked about the Patriots. So he'll be on the show a bit later on to review uh, with myself and Lee the week six games. Just before we uh, do that, Obviously, just want to remind you that we have a free NFL jersey giveaway on our web, on our Twitter page. So if you head over to at yards, click on the uh, the pin tweet there at the top, and then you will find uh, the link there. You retweet and use the hashtag #F10Y Jersey, and then just submit your your team and your size, and you could be in with the chance of winning that jersey. And just on the on the subject of jerseys, I actually bought a Tim Tebow jersey today, an old Denver Broncos one. So. Yeah, there is that. If you want that one, if that's your team, then uh, go ahead and, and head over to our Twitter page and do that. Uh, a couple of new segments we've got on today's podcast, Lee. We're going to bring you in now. Uh, w- welcome to welcome to this week. <laughs> welcome to week seven. Um, <laughs> how, how how was your weekend? How did your fantasy go? Yeah, very good. Uh, fantasy mixed bag again as usual for me. Uh,
1: our dynasty league is not going well. I I think I've said in our group chat um, to someone. Um, that I'm like, just writing off the season now. I'm not having a good dynasty season. I've been, uh, I've had, have had a lot of bad injury. luck, I say that, um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to next year already, which is a bit of a shame, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, is it just are you? Are you in my division? aren't You? Yes, yeah.
1: yes, I am. Yeah, you uh, had the the pleasure of beating me earlier on in the season.
0: That is correct, that is correct. Uh, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, mixed bag for me as well. Managed to win in my home league, uh, which was uh, more, more, the most important uh, winner of the weekend for me. But back to today's show. So, yeah, today have got a couple of new uh, new segments. We're having the uh, full 10 questions, which is the new quiz segment uh, where our guest, Kieran, will be answering 10 questions to see how many he can get. Uh, no time limit, just obviously if he takes a bit of time, then we shall usher him along. Questions are, I wouldn't say are, are too difficult, but, um, you know, it's there's a couple there that might uh, might trip you up. Um we have Jason, the return of Jason Garrick- Corner after its uh, debut last week uh, much too very popular very popular very, debut, yeah. it was as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very well received, shall we say. Um, not as not as well received as maybe some of the receivers in Dallas, but ho hum. Um, obviously, yeah, going to go through some injury news before we uh, kick off the week six week six review, and then uh, waivers wa- waivers uh, obviously for week seven uh, Thursday night football pre- preview, and then a couple of players stinkers and stonkers, of the week and i think that pretty much covers us i don't think uh, don't oh yeah also don't forget if you want to introduce the podcast such as this one or the next one head over to uh, again to our twitter and click on the voice bite link where you can just submit a voice message for your intro for the show and then we'll love to have some of those uh, you know to, to start our shows because no one just you know it's, it's always fun when uh, when people get involved and that's what we want you to do uh, similarly, if you, if you have any questions about your fantasy football team or just in general, had a couple of DMs over the weekend, so shout out to those that did that. I'm very happy to answer those questions. At Full 10 Yards, our DMs are open. Slide,
1: slide right on in. Yeah.
0: yeah, slide on in indeed. So let's start off with injuries and news from all the Week 6 games. Lee, yeah, I believe the, you know, I've delegated you to, for, the, for the injury report coming out of Sunday's game, so let's, let, enlighten us all.
1: Yeah, so there's just a, just a few I'm going to run through. I'm not going to run through every single one. Um, just starting off at the quarterback position. Uh, the Dolphins are saying that Ryan Tannehill is a, a day-to-day uh, case with a shoulder injury that kept him out of the game in week six. And uh, I don't know if they will be you know how they'll feel about that one. Because obviously Brock came in, he won the game. But um, obviously I think most people want Ryan Tannehill back in. Uh, Moving on, so Josh Allen, uh, obviously left the game, uh, the Buffalo game with an elbow injury. Again, uh, sort of not giving a lot of information out about that, sort of one to watch as well. Um, Again, they'll be probably hoping that he can step in, um, Nathan Peterman, obviously through the game way, obviously something we'll talk about more later on. Uh, Derek Anderson was signed this week, um, so maybe he'll step in if Allen isn't uh, available anyway. uh, Final one for the quarterback position, Baker Mayfield, who got beaten from the Chargers. Uh, He's suffering with an ankle injury. Um, so that's another one to watch although again this hasn't been sort of given us uh, any sort of designation yet it's just uh, just one to watch again yeah. moving on to wide receivers so Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu they both came out of the Atlanta game uh, with ankle and hip injuries, respectively um, they're not expected to miss any time though uh, so that's good news on that front um, Quincy Number however is expected to miss uh, the game against the Vikings next week yeah. um, which is obviously a bad blow for the, the Jets there and um, Finally, on um, wide receivers, uh, he's Amari Cooper. Obviously, he took a nasty blow at Wembley. Uh, he's got a concussion, so we'll have to keep an eye on him uh, through the protocol. And then the last sort of position group I'm going uh, to touch on is at offensive line. So, a few quite, quite big names on offensive line that have uh, suffered some injuries. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, Jason Peters, the left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's come out of the game on the weekend, but it's positive news. Doug Peterson thinks he'll be he'll be back, and uh, I'm not going to pronounce his first name. But Vitei, the substitute left tackle, he will be uh, again on the sideline. And then last one, Justin Pugh. um Arizona Cardinals! If if, you know, if things can't get any worse for the Cardinals at the moment, uh, Justin Pugh's broken a hand, so he's going to be he's going to be out for a while with mm. that one. Mm. Um, Last one I'm just going to mention is uh, Minnesota cornerback uh, Minnesota Mike Hughes. He's uh, potentially torn an ACL in his left knee, so he could be done for the year there just waiting for the swelling to go down and things like that, and then they can get a proper MRI and proper diagnosis on that one. Uh, but that could be a really really bad uh, news for the Vikings there.
0: Yeah, a couple of those. That, oh, go on, sorry.
1: The big name. No, just because that, that round up
0: with the big name, Sorry. Yeah. Now I was gonna say the, a couple of those. Uh, Amari Cooper. I don't know how that play didn't get flagged for a start, but we'll come to that when we do the game. But also, I noticed. Uh, I, li- I was listening to another podcast earlier. Adam Adam Ga apparently took a shot at Ryan Tannehill a little bit, and the media uh, with regards to obviously Ryan Tannehill. You know, basically not 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 calling him a pansy, but you know, saying to you know he needs to suck it up and and play. So it was quite interesting, obviously the revelation through the week that he uh was on the injury report and uh, kind of out of nowhere uh another, another quite a good stat i found was that brock Osweiler, in his first first start for the three de- his three previous teams he's beaten the bears in every every one of them <laughs> that's, a, that's a
1: really weird normally yeah, i yeah. so yeah
0: texans texans bears and obviously yeah uh, uh, the doc no not the bears uh texans Denver and their Broncos and the and obviously the Dolphins. Yeah, his first game was always against the Bears and he's won every 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 one of those. So that was, that was also quite interesting. Uh, and then uh, who was the other one? Oh, Devonta Freeman as well. In the last couple of minutes, so he's uh, he's now oh, on, uh, is on injured reserve yeah. as well. So oh, yeah. yeah, so that might affect the waiver wire uh, segment at the end of the show. But let's uh, now let's crack on to week six and we're going to welcome in uh, Kieran into the podcast. Kieran, uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good at our end. Machine keeps on uh, keeps on rolling. Uh, yeah, so obviously uh, welcome welcome back on uh, for your second appearance. I, I don't, maybe we do when people come on for the third time. Maybe we give away uh, a flag or something. I don't know. Um, you know, like on Soccer AM, you used to get a, a football for the third time we have been on there. But um, anyway, that, oh, yeah, that's that's for now, that, that, that's for offline, obviously. But um, yeah, let's let's head uh, to, into the week six games and obviously uh, loads of storylines, obviously coming out. Let's start uh, Tampa Bay at Atlanta, 29-34. to 34. Atlanta take, just about take this one. Uh, still no Julio Jones touchdown, uh, and it was quite interesting, that last play, the Jameis Winston slash Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson lateral, uh, which didn't quite come off, but quite an entertaining one, this one, and Atlanta just uh, scraping by. Uh, Lee, what, what did you make of this one? Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, the play at the end, I think that if uh, Deshaun Jackson was able to collect that pass, even if it was a tough one, I think he would have scored, you know, and that would have been... A uh, real grandstand finish mm. uh, to that one, but uh, just just going back to last week, obviously you put out a poll on Twitter about David Johnson versus Austin Hooper for your flex. Yeah, uh, I don't know which way everyone voted, but I've definitely voted for Austin Hooper. Obviously, I've spoken about David Johnson and sort of his situation being pretty poor at the moment. Yeah, and I think he should. Why uh, that should have been the case, to be honest mm. with
0: you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the poll the poll ended. I think fifty nine percent for David Johnson. But yeah, you know, on the, on the face of it, if you look at it, uh, you know, it's a, it's a silly poll to even put out. You know, David Johnson against Austin Hooper for your flex position. I mean, yeah, it's twenty eighteen. This is how bad things have gotten for Arizona. There, it had got to that point. And David Johnson even just just about got that that touchdown. Uh, but Kieran, who would you have gone for prior to the game? David uh, Johnson, surely. Well, <laughs>
2: That's a tough question because both of them haven't really impressed me this season. At They've had good games, but they've obviously not impressed me enough to be on my radar as much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I think Austin, Austin Hooper obviously had the, the prime matchup, and obviously that's why I, I put it in there because it's quite a lot of fantasy football decisions are based on you know you know matchups versus your studs, and I just thought it was quite an interesting one there because you know you, you look at it on face value, you think, "Oh, David Johnson, like why the hell are you putting this poll out?" But then when you like, dig, dig deep into it, I didn't. I, the reason I put Austin Hooper in was because I didn't think David Johnson would score a touchdown. Now the Arizona had the ball in the five-yard five yard line, and David Johnson had multiple carries uh, straight up the middle. And I, d- I don't understand why Steve Wilkes keeps doing eye, so, uh, eye formation straight up the gut. You know, you've got to be a bit more creative than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, just about bulldozed his way into the end zone. But apart from that, I thought it was a pretty good call. Uh, and I, I think the, the poll was pretty warranted, actually. You know, um, obviously, David Johnson has a bit more a chance of, of getting a better game on Thursday night, uh, home to Denver, but that's for a bit later on in the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kieran, any, th- any thoughts on this game for yourself?
2: It, it looked like a, a quite a, a sloppy game. There was obviously good plays from both teams, but the way Tampa Bay have been, especially with the uh, Fitzmagic situation, he did what he always done. He started doing good and expectation built, and then he f- fell off. That's mm. just the cycle he goes through. And then, obviously, the Falcons haven't been off to a great start you've seen with Julio Jones things like this Matt Ryan's been very inaccurate he's just not been throwing as good as he normally does and it's they've just not had a great start to their season I think not many teams have you even see teams like the Patriots who've had a very slow start the only solid teams at the moment who haven't started slow have been people like the Rams
0: yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I kind of disagree on the Matt Ryan thing. I'm, maybe uh, I haven't I've looked in too uh, too closely at how he's throwing mechanics, mechanics wise. But certainly his his box score is, is looking pretty good. Obviously in this game, three hundred fifty four yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's, pretty, he's you know he's obviously he's had to chase a lot because of that defense is is banged up. Uh, James Winston, three hundred ninety five yards, four touchdowns, two, in, uh, two, uh, two interceptions as well. But Julio, you know, 10, 10 receptions, one hundred forty three yards. I think. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with how Ryan's playing. Uh, I think there was some, some comparisons to his MP, MVP year and he's not actually too far behind there. Um, just one word of, of note on this one coming out of the game. Mike Smith, the defensive coordinator for Atlanta, has also been fired. So they're looking for a new defensive coordinator. Also, might suggest that they might be looking need to look for some more defensive players. Uh, judging by the rate of their injuries. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose coming out of this game, Tampa Bay now fall to two and three, uh, and that two and zero oh hot start it seems like a long time ago now. Obviously, they've all, they had their bye as well. So uh, Atlanta improving to two and four, but these teams are both done. Uh, both done, I suppose. Lee.
1: Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, we've just been talking, obviously, about um, the offense of Atlanta, and I don't think that's what where we should be focusing on, but it is about the defense and how they've lost key players, yeah. and that's really why they've got this record that they have. Yeah. Um, on a positive note, if I can just bring in one more point for this, this game before mm. we move on, um, I think Dan Quinn made a huge call, like an anti-Jason Garrett kind of call. Kicking a long field goal um, at the end, oh, yeah. going up by fine, which meant that Tampa had to go for a touchdown. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really gutsy call from uh, you know a head coach mm. who is a defensive head coach. So it's maybe a bit out of his comfort zone to do that, but he showed something that a lot of head coaches wouldn't do. Yeah. obviously we've made Garrett corner now, and in in some honour or dishonour as it might be, for coaches who make those sort of lame sort of duck calls um, but yeah Dan Quinn going totally against that grain and uh coming up big and it forced Tampa Bay into that sequence which we mentioned earlier and won Atlanta the game in the end which is brilliant to see from that point of
0: view yeah that Matt Bryan mum was it wasn't a short one either it was a 57 yarder I think it was and uh, I, think, I think I think yeah Matt, Matt Bryan come out of the game injured as well I think he's out for. Uh, can't, can't remember what injury he's got, but um, yeah, obviously Atlanta not 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 at their record because of their offense, certainly because of their their defense. But um, they're certainly they're certainly a bounce back candidate for for 2019. Be interesting to see what uh, draft pick they have actually this year, because um, you know they're they're good to go pretty much with if, if, if everyone healthy. So um, yeah, they, yeah, you, you could get a decent price then maybe next year uh, looking looking that far ahead. Kieran Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Pittsburgh take this one 28 to 21. Um, no, they don't. Yes, they did. I can't remember. Uh, sounds about right. Um, but Antonio uh, Brown, 10 seconds left on the clock, dagger to the heart of Cincinnati Bengals fans. Um, Pittsburgh improved to 3-2-1, and one, which we call a Ted Rogers in the gambling industry. Cincinnati now 4-2, but still uh, a top of... No, are they still top of uh, AFC North or did Baltimore pass them Pass them now? Um, Baltimore are second on... I don't know. They, they ranked
1: to the second, but they're equal records. They're equal, so yeah, 4-2. Four, four like
0: yeah. that, and...
1: Obviously, none no, of no the teams have played each other yet, probably, so um, it's still decided.
0: Yeah, Kieran, what did you make of this one?
1: A a good
2: game. Um, I I like that they stuck with James Connor. They stuck with their guns there. They obviously the Steelers fans they want Levy and Bell back, but Connor has done enough. Where I think he deserved the spot. I mean, that game he had 111 yards and two touchdowns. He's averaging about six yards a carry as well, which Mm, in the NFL is amazing. I know Roethlisberger threw for a lot that game as well, but James Connett is a very, very big part of that offense now. And in certain respects, he might have even exceeded the expectations they had for Le'Veon Bell. I agree. Le'Veon should get paid, but obviously he knows. He's a running back. He knows he's not got a big shelf life. It happened with Jalen Hurts, who's at college at the moment. He transferred to become a wide receiver because he wanted the longevity and he wanted to make the money. So I, I don't see Le'Veon coming back, really. I think, I think he'll, he'll demand to be traded to somewhere who's going to pay him. The only problem is a, a team that's going to want to pay him, given his age.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, Levy and Bell widely reported to to return during the bye week, but I, th- I think a, a, as the time of recording, as we record this on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening, I don't think they've still had any contact with him. So yeah, it's, it's obviously uh, all eyes on on and Bell and seeing what he does, uh, whether he's still out in I think he's in Florida jet skiing or or what have you. But uh, yeah, a couple of couple of notes for me on this one. Big Ben threw a, managed to throw a pass to himself. That was quite funny. Uh, and then one of the more stranger uh, plays you'll see. Juju Smith-Schuster with that, that massive catch uh, and was downed by his helmet. Uh, and, they, and then went into the, in the end, into the end zone, and there was a strange call about the uh, the 15 yard taunting penalty uh, on the play that obviously it was I think it was the same play actually where it got reversed and then it it, it pushed him back a little bit but um, yeah that was also quite strange um, but yeah the Antonio Brown obviously a lot was made of the the pick or, or the wide receiver it was it uh, um Hunter uh, number 11 I think it was stopping the defender getting to Antonio Brown obviously and then Antonio Brown taking it to the house but yeah quite a strange one this one but I I think many certainly Adam uh, who's on the podcast he expected Pittsburgh to win but I think he was a bit worried but a lot of Cincinnati fans weren't weren't too judging by Big Ben's performances in the the state of Ohio obviously he has a very good record there Uh, we're expecting the worst and uh, you know it was again to the point where you know all the Cincinnati fans were hyped. They were thinking they were going to get be able to get the job done, but then, you know, dagger to the heart. And uh, you're, cursing, you're cursing all the words under your breath. And obviously Pittsburgh coming away with a win there. But Lee, any, anything you took out of this game at all? Yeah, obviously
1: I backed uh, Cincinnati beforehand. They sort of got me believing with how they have started the season, uh, even though I was a big detractor of theirs in the, in the pre-season. And this is why I doubted them. This is the sort of mental hump, the sort of mental block that they've got to get over. The Steelers beat them all the time and it's a big mental block to get over when you're not used to winning these big games in in the division. It's a big it's a big block to get over and I thought they'd get over it. I thought this is a new Bengal side. They're a very talented side now. They've drafted really well. Um and all those players are really contributing. But um yeah, the Steelers have done it again, obviously in the last play, last drive of the game, um, you know, going seventy seven yards in seventy seconds, um, to win it. On yeah, like you say, a bit of an iffy play with the little rug by Justin Hunter, but you sort of get them. Um, you sort of get them sometimes, and yeah. you know don't sometimes. Um, just one of those things. But the Bengals had a chance to put this away and they didn't. Um, so you know that's what they get. Yeah, they get just desserts, really.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy with the no flag there. If the if the flag comes down, you can you know it's one of those where you know depending on what the, the referees do, you're fine with both sides. But you know let them play. It was in, it was within five yards of uh, of the line of scrimmage, so. Exactly. Um, yeah, you've got to let them play, it was just clever and you know, it's the kind of thing that Cincinnati needs to learn from. Uh, a couple of fantasy players uh, that stood out in this game, obviously James Conner like Kieran said there, 19 rushes 111 yards, 2 touchdowns, I think he had a couple of receptions as well for a negligible amount of yards, Tyler Boyd no doubt the star on the wide receiving uh, side for Cincinnati, 12 targets, 7 receptions, 62 yards and 2 touchdowns, a couple of nice catches there as well for Tyler Boyd, uh, highlight real stuff, certainly Let's move on to Cleveland, Uh, absolutely stomped by the Chargers. Tyrell Williams, a couple of nice uh, touchdowns, including one into triple coverage. Uh, That that drive there was a couple of plays and a couple of big uh, chunks. Uh, I think it was exactly the same uh, formation and and, um, play call on both sides of the ball. So, you know, that was quite strange to see that. Um, Mayfield, like I say, came out with a game, a bit of an injury. But the interception, um, his interception killed the game to, to King. Was it Desmond King, I think it was? Um and then, okay, yeah. yeah, and then Melvin Gordon obviously does what he does, had another hat trick for him. Uh, a couple of toss plays actually was it just seemed to be mirrored uh, symmetry, yeah, but on both sides of the line there, going left and right. Um, not really much else for me on this one. I've got a, a question at the end, but Kieran, uh, any anything before we go to Lee Kieran? What did you did you see much of this one at all?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm watching Cleveland closely this year, mainly. It's not mainly Baker Mayfield, it's mainly the defensive that guys oh, yeah. they've got. Yeah. Guys like Myles Garrett, guys like Denzel Ward and people like that, they've got a very, very, very exciting offence. And it's tough for Baker, he's the number one draft pick, so unless he's putting up three touchdowns a game, people are going to say he's a bust, he's not very good. And this game was tough for him, it was very tough for him, but he didn't have the best of support out of the backfield. I know they only handed the ball off, I think they handed the ball off under 20 times. But they they couldn't really get a run game going, and then their defense was okay, but not as good as it could have been. Because mm. you see, you see, like the past three weeks, Denzel Ward. Everyone said he's been the best defensive player of this week. So I feel like if if I, I think Tyrod should be starting. If he wasn't injured, I think they should have kept Tyrod starting at least for the first year. Because you see it's paid off with Patrick Mahomes. They sat him behind a veteran for his first year and he's coming coming out and just gunning people away. Besides, obviously, their last game. The expectation people are going to have around Baker, I think, despite the guy thriving on pressure, I think putting this amount of pressure on him early is bad for his career. And that's not to take anything away from the Chargers. They did absolute bits. I mean, Melvin Gordon carried himself in three touchdowns and he played spectacularly. I just feel like they need to uh, emphasise get a bit better play calling on the defence. You saw a lot of plays where they were out of coverage. They were too far underneath or too far over the top. And that's that's where they lost a lot of the um, points on rushing from because they weren't closing Melvin Gordon down quick enough.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, Lee, obviously, you are our LA Chargers expert. But yeah, going back to that, obviously that interception that killed the game, yeah, after, after that interception, literally the play after, Gordon, Gordon ran it in for the touchdown to make it 28-6 rather than, you know, um, a bit a bit closer and would have kept Cleveland in, in the game. But uh, what, 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 what were your takeaways from this one? Good performance yeah, by one the one Chargers. One, oh, sorry? Good, good, great performance by the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, I
1: was really pleased. Um, it was quite a relaxing Chargers game as well, which is something that's quite a rarity. Yeah. Um Just before we get into the Chargers, I just want to pick up on something that Kieran said Disagree slightly with uh, the handling of Baker Mayfield and Tyron Taylor. Uh, if you look earlier on in the season, I just feel like the offensive Cleveland was pretty anemic with Taylor at the helm. Um, Baker gives that some zip, gives that some sort of personality almost. And although, he, you know, like I say, it's pressure on his shoulders as a number one pick, but I think he's got that personality to handle that quite well. Uh, so I
0: think he'll be just. I think
1: he'll just be fine uh, overall in the long run. Uh, so, so, yeah, moving on to the
0: Chargers, yeah, no, Wait, wait wait, 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 Let's have let's have a bit of a chat on it. So, no, so you say for, oh, say for instance, oh. um, obviously injuries happen all the time, and one the one that springs to mind immediately is Colin Kaepernick coming in for Alex Smith when he went out with a concussion a couple of years back. Um, obviously, if Tyrell Taylor, say, let's say that Tyra Taylor didn't get injured in that, in that Thursday night game and, you know, say whatever, the Browns lost and, you know, maybe they what they won a game since then. But what, what, if, if Tyrod Taylor hadn't got injured, do you, how how do you think Tyrod Taylor, this is mainly to you, Lee, initially, but do you think Tyrod Taylor would be, still be starting?
1: He he was on the brink of being pulled in that game anyway. I don't think he would have lasted much longer. Mm. It was just before half-time. He might have lasted, he might have played the rest of the half. Then I think he'd have come would put Baker in anyway. So mm. I don't think I don't think he would have lasted too much longer, regardless of the injury. But because, you, like I said, I just think the I just think the offense was just anemic without him. It was mm. really conservative, and you can just see as soon as Baker came in for his debut against the Jets, like the ball was just sipping out of his hands. Yeah. The, the energy of the stadium picked up, the energy of the players picked up. Yeah, and just it's just all positive things for Cleveland.
0: Mm. Do you think? Do you think so? Say, say, Tara Taylor gets pulled at halftime, then not because of injury, but just because he's playing pants. Do you think is that because Hugh Jackson? Wants to change it up or do you think Hugh Jackson's trying to save his job? Or trying to trying to have a bit more time, time as uh, um, head coach? Uh
1: both really I think they both go hand in hand to be honest, mm. to you. Um, obviously he needs to win games and basically gives him the best chance to win the games, I think, at the moment. Mm. Um with the way that Tyrod was playing. So I think it, I think both go hand in hand. He's gotta win win games to keep his job.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, no, that's a fair point. Okay, uh, yeah, so what were your what were your takeaways from the game apart from that? So yeah, like
1: like Kieran said, Melvin Gordon was fantastic, uh, running three touchdowns on the ground, the first time in his career, um, and the Chargers just ran all over the grounds, to be honest, mm. um, Philip Rivers um, only threw 20 times, I think, Yeah. Um, and ran, ran a hell of a lot more than that with Gordon Eckler, and a few end-around as well, so for our wide receivers, keen Nolan, um, getting yardage over and over again on end round. even Mike Williams got one as well, and he's not exactly a burner, mm. uh, but we just did what good teams do, we sort of sussed out something that the the Browns couldn't defend and just did it over and over and over again, just winning yeah. outside. Yeah. And just picked up yards every single time. Yeah. Um, You know, the Browns couldn't stop it. And then we played good defence as well. Obviously, we mentioned Desmond King, but also the pass rush that Kieran mentioned, you know, we banged up Baker Mayfield. And this is obviously without Joe Bosa. Yeah. And it wasn't just Mel Ingram making these sacks. It was sort of get players and players that you wouldn't expect it. It's a lot of inside pressure as well. Yeah, yeah really good win overall. Really pleased. Yeah. Um, Setting us up now, we've got obviously run of three victories, uh moving on into Wembley and then the bye week. So yeah, looking to round that out before mm. the bye with the fourth win next week at Wembley against Tennessee.
0: Yeah. Yep. Charges improved to four and two. Cleveland dropped to two, three and one. Let's move on to Buffalo at Houston. Uh Houston and um, I mean, this—it's got the three wins that they've strung together the last three weeks. has got to be the worst three win streak I've ever seen in in ever that I've ever watched in the NFL. They could quite easily be at zero and six, uh, and they were down, down by three under two minutes left in this one, um, and obviously Nathan Peterman showcasing what he does best. Uh, pick six. <laughs> uh, still had enough time to come on in for two two interceptions. Obviously, uh, Josh Allen uh, left the game, but Watson Watson's not had a great didn't have a great game in this one here. Obviously, had seven sacks as well. So Buffalo on defense is still a bit feisty. This this team Sean McDonough that that puts out is a it's a hard one to kind of know what they're going to bring week to week. Uh, you know, whether at are at home or away. I assume they'd, they'd play better at home than they than they will do away. But Houston. Um, not not great offensively, if I'm if I'm quite honest. But uh, Kieran, any anything from you for this one?
2: I'm 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 very underwhelmed by Houston this season. I thought after last season they obviously had a disaster with Deshaun Watson coming down, and going into this season I was very very excited because he is that new type of quarterback. He's extremely athletic. He's extremely good through the air. He's an all around good quarterback. But just Houston aren't putting anything together, and I think they're putting a lot of pressure on. Um, Watson, especially with the bad O-line they've got, he's got to make, he's got to go to his second and third reads before his even, even, routes are even completed because he's got no time in that pocket. And when he gets out, he's got his athleticism to fall back, to fall back on, but sometimes it's not enough. I mean, they, they you look at some of the players they've got, like Watson, Hopkins, and then they've got like Will Fuller and people like that. But the, they got these great players, but they can't seem to put anything together. And against a t- team like um, the Bills, where obviously you got Josh Allen, he is a rookie quarterback, and then Nathan Peterman. who he, Nathan Peterman's terrible.
0: Impersonates a quarterback. And
2: then they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've not got exactly the best offense in the world, but somehow they got within a touchdown with beating Texans. And I think even though it is a victory for them, it's a bit of a hollow victory. I know Deshaun threw two interceptions, but I feel like that is because his offensive line has given him so little time and so little options. He's either got to take off on his feet and risk getting injured again, or throw into coverage because he needs to get the ball out of there. And it's a bad situation for him because they are a very good team. Individually, the players are fantastic, but they can't seem to... Put anything together, and it's a shame because they,
1: they deserve to.
0: Yeah, Jim Lee, do you put that down to the play calling the Bill O'Brien or the personnel on the O line?
1: Yeah, I agree with what Kieran said about the O line. The O line's just giving him absolutely no time. Uh, but he's not doing himself any favours either. From what I've seen, and I've not seen a great deal of Houston this season, I'll be honest with you, but from what I have seen, Watson holds on the ball a little bit too long. Uh, not obviously leading to sacks, it's leading to fumbles, and it's giving him a bit of a turnover epidemic. Really, mm. it's uh, becoming a bad habit. Uh, so there's obviously work to be done there. I think Bill O'Brien's going a bit stale as well. I Don't think he's the best he- head no. coach in the world. And no. um, I think they could possibly do with uh, you know making a change there.
0: Yeah, I think I think he may, might might find up John Fox to ask for his textbook on play calling, maybe. But um, yeah, it looks pretty bit prehistoric at times. Uh, but yeah, Watson, yeah, Watson, 177 yards, 15 to 25, one touchdown, two interceptions. Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen, 10 for 17, 84 yards. I mean, what the hell is this all about? Um, his 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 stats week to week are shocking, and I know he covers up for a lot of it on the ground, but oh my god, awful, awful, awful stuff. It's just a
1: disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know he's got he, no one. He's
0: got, he's got no one to throw to. And you see, uh, pre-game, uh, he he went up to Kelvin Benjamin and asked him if he wanted to practice running some routes and get some chemistry. And Kelvin Benjamin said no. Yeah, what's all that about? Yeah. It uh, just what? shows you
1: why Carolina wanted to get rid of him. He's obviously not uh, a great character. That's just um, he's awful. he's not been a great character since he's been in Buffalo. Awful. And it's not it's just not the situation. It's not the situation before that. You've got Josh Allen who. Being thrust into action way too early because Peterman is back up. We've got no choice Mm. but to play him. Um, This is why the you know the situation's not right. He's not got the characters around him. He's not got the the weapons around him. He's not got the coaching around him. He's not got the offensive line. He's not got enough talent around him to be able to bottom. This is just totally the wrong situation for him to be drafted into.
0: Mm. Yeah, Buffalo somehow two and four. Houston uh, improved to three and three again. Somehow they have managed to scrape together three wins. But they these two teams uh, far from convincing. Uh, let's move on to one of the wild games of the weekend. Chicago at Miami yeah, it's of course, Brocktober, So uh, Brock Osweiler comes in and steers the Miami Dolphins to an overtime win. Uh, a couple of things out of here. Obviously, yeah, Brock, um, Brock Osweiler starting over Tannehill with a shoulder injury is obviously day-to-day. Um, a lot of uh, running back fumbles in this one. Cohen, Howard, and, and Kenyon and Drake. Some Some absolutely galling. Uh, goal line fumbles here, uh, which is just you just, you just scr- scratch your head sometimes and wonder how how this goes. I mean that that Drake third and one uh, third and goal at the one yard line. I mean how how you couldn't even script that. You couldn't even do it if you tried. But um, yeah, that was almost a heartbreaker there for Kenyon Drake. Uh, what else have I got here? T- Taylor Gabriel had a nice uh, highlight reel catch. Uh, he went he had a big game. Uh, Trubisky uh, fourth quarter interception when they're eight points up. Uh, in field goal range was obviously the big turning point, uh, and another big game from Albert Wilson. Uh, Lee, any anything from you? In this one, obviously, a lot to talk about here, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Brock
1: O'Clock clock was the time, wasn't it? For
0: my. Oh, there's um, so many. There's so good. He's so he's so good for puns. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no. The I think this one for the Bears. Um, I think they lost it rather than Miami winning it. To be honest with you, yeah. I think their offense, their playmakers, seem to be clicking into gear as I've been banging the drum uh, for quite a bit. You know, they made some big plays, big catches as you as you've mentioned, but they also committed two red zone red zone turnovers, uh, which obviously you know is a real bad thing to do. Uh, doesn't help anyone. Um, <laughs> you know, when they're going for wins, obviously, uh, and really poor tackling as well. Most of Miami's uh, touchdowns seem to be like long scores. The Bears have missed tackles once or twice mm. and just allowed people to break away. Uh, I think it's a tough one to take for Chicago, but I think they'll be fine uh, in the long run. Yeah. Um, and just want to give a big shout out to uh, Frank Gore. He's still denying father time with uh, over 100 yards.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a really, had a really good game, didn't he? And uh, Kieran, what was your main storyline coming out of this one?
2: If you'd have told me at the beginning of this season that Brock Osweiler was going to go for 380 yards and three touchdowns against the team with Khalil Mack on the defense, I would have told you to go to the hospital and get yourself checked out because <laughs> he, he's he's just never been good, and it's not a slight to the guy. He's obviously good enough to be an NFL quarterback, but if, you just couldn't see it happening. But the the Bears have got such a strong roster as well, but they just they would dominate in the game but it was that interception that Mitchell Trubisky threw that I think doomed him
3: yeah because mm.
2: up until then he was he finished the game 22 for 31 attempts that's very very good and and it's just that one interception that let him down because Khalil Mack really didn't have any effect on that game he made one tackle all game
0: yeah he was a bit gassed wasn't he yeah I think yeah. They, they, the heat I think the heat was a big factor in this one wasn't it I think it was. I think it was shown to say that if the feels like temperature being a hundred to hundred degrees, so um, that might that might have obviously had a bit. I think uh, quite a few games as well. Khalil Mack's been a bit gassed in the second quarter, in the second half as well. So uh, yeah, just a bit tired there on on defense. But uh, yeah, I mean, essentially this this game turned out into one that, that neither team really wanted to win, judged by the fumbles and and interceptions. Um, but yeah, obviously uh, who have I got here, Albert Wilson, six uh, six. Receptions, one hundred fifty-five yards, and, and two touchdowns. So obviously he had a game. Um, yeah, quite quite a few points to to share around here, obviously. But so uh, yeah, Miami just to kind of just nicking that win and improving to four and two, Lee. Yeah, and uh,
1: just going back to the call, Matt. Maybe it's that lack of preseason. Obviously with the big holdout. Yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously would have been training, but obviously wasn't training with a team or anything like that. Not not able to get himself conditioned yeah. completely correctly, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Miami Miami improving, obviously um hanging on to the Patriots coach tails. I know they've got equal record now, but I really expecting the Patriots, especially after their big win the hook on later. Yeah. Uh just you know, they're obviously expected to sort of stretch that now. But it's up to Miami to keep it close and obviously in a pretty, you know, average AFC they could be uh, in for a wild card, but if they keep if they do manage
0: to keep that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh yeah, Brock Osweiler, as we say, standing tall there. Do you know uh, Brock Osweiler is six foot eight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty
1: tall, isn't it? Really yeah. really tall. That's, over, that's
0: over two. That's two meters tall. Over two meters tall. That's mental. Yeah, absolutely. You should be playing tight.
1: defense end or tight <laughs> end
0: or something. Should be play, You should be putting his arms up in the air and play as a pylon for field goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we shall move on. Let's uh, let's move on to Arizona. Uh, have I missed any six o'clock games? I might have done. I think I have. That's really bad by me. Uh, no, I haven't. Arizona at uh, Arizona at Minnesota. Um, Arizona fall into one and five again. You yeah, know, this one don't really need to spend too much time on this one. Kind of went how we all thought it was, Although Arizona kept it tight. That defense is uh, certainly not getting the, the credit it deserves. Uh, Patrick Peterson and obviously they uh, had a defensive score as well uh, on the back of a Kirk Cousins fumble. Adam Thielen went six uh, had his six straight hundred yard rushing uh, receiving game. Uh, which is obviously is an NFL record now. I think it's tied for all time, in, including the old, the old style NFL pre Super Bowl era. Um, I haven't really got too much to say about this. Latavius Murray had a good game as well. But uh, Lee, any, Lee, anything from you from here? I suppose it just run, it ran to script. Yeah, it did. Just,
1: just like a pretty simple victory from I mean, sort Obviously, just run. Oh, yeah, it's to script. How I gone expected to be. Maybe slightly closer than expected. but just want to make one one quick point on each team, really. Um, obviously, we mentioned Mike Smith being fired from Tampa Bay earlier. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Mike McCoy, the defensive coordinator, ex-Chargers head coach, is the next fire in the NFL. Um, obviously, we've got Thursday night game coming up if they don't do anything. Like you mentioned earlier, his play calling has been pretty pretty crap, to be fair, um, not just like it was mm. when he was uh, in San Diego with the Chargers. Um, if, you know, if that doesn't look up, then I think he could be out. Uh, and then just moving on to Minnesota, I just want to put a question out to both of you, really, um, on current, you know, current form. Is Adam Thielen the best wide receiver in the NFL at the
0: minute? On current form, uh, Kieran, you can answer that. Since are the guest,
1: on
2: current form, one hundred percent, because no one else is doing what he's doing at the moment. If you just go by current form, he's absolutely smashing it. And I don't know much about fantasy football, but I know if you picked him, you're probably winning. In the league, because <laughs> this guy is putting up ridiculous numbers. Considering I think he went undrafted as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, very, he did. very late round draft pick. So, yeah. obviously the guy's got talent, and him and Kirk Cousins have got a brilliant relationship because um, Kirk Cousins targeted him quite a few times. He had a, I know he only had eleven receptions, but he's consistently getting himself open, and he's putting up. I think his average on receptions is 11, 11 yards per average. Per catch, mm. so he's he's putting the work in and he's he's getting the way he needs to be. Yeah, Kirk Cousins was only one touchdown and one interception, but the the team they've got in Minnesota now, I think it was the right decision getting rid of Case Keenum because he wasn't good enough to be a starter. I think he's he's demonstrated that in Denver. He's not the strongest starter, but I think with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins and with guys like Adam and Stefan Diggs, and Kyle Rudolph, they can really maybe even make it to the Super Bowl this year. It might be a bit early to call it now, but considering how well they played last year and how well they've started playing this year, I think it, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see him in the Super Bowl this year.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, Adam, for those of you who don't know, Adam is quite, quite a decent story of how he's got to where he has. Obviously, I was undrafted, wasn't invited to perform at the Combine. Um, you know, he, had, he attended the regional Combine um and then, yeah, he just, he just constantly always backed himself. And obviously he's come to the NFL quite late uh, in terms of age, but he's obviously showcased his ability and, and someone's taken a chance on I me. Mean, he, he went to... Uh, Minister say, um, obviously before before the NFL, but um, yeah, obviously it just shows if you if you put the hard work in, you can you can be the best in the in in the game. Uh, what you do if you if you put the effort in, you put the sacrifice in, and obviously he's now bearing all the fruits of of those uh, those efforts. Obviously in, in this game, eleven catches, one hundred twenty three yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the other the other good performer in this one, Davious uh, Murray, twenty four rushes, one hundred fifty five yards, and and a touchdown as well. So pretty much Minnesota just doing really what they wanted um, with the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously Arizona on a short week uh, we'll be playing on Thursday night let's move on to uh, the sorry game in London and um, only one team turned up in this one Seattle obviously uh, trounced in the Oakland Raiders uh, I found it quite interesting actually that uh, John Gruden took the decision to to travel with the, the uh, take the team on the travels on Friday They landed on Friday um, And I I I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I I think there's a there's a stat out there that you know the record for the team that that lands first over on these shores has a a much better record than the uh, team that lands on like a Friday. Because, um, you know, yeah. com- coming from Oakland as well, that's not that's not just like the five hours from New York. It's eight, eight, eight hours uh, time zone. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need at least three days. I think it's actually scientifically proven you need three days to be able to adjust to um, that, that kind of a difference in, in time zone. So what I, what John Gruden is doing uh, is beyond me. And he'll, he'll appeal a bit later on the, in the show for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's just there picking up his $10 million a year. Um, I, th- I think another thing as well, he, he, he's, the reason he wanted to – uh, to fly, and when when they did, was he, he reckons he gets vertigo every time he flies because apparently he went to go he went to Belarus once uh, to see one of his sons do weightlifting and he had vertigo. But like it's just so selfish. And what jo- what John Gruden is doing in Oakland, he's just literally blowing up that whole franchise. Um, and it's, it's just it's, it's gross misconduct to be quite honest. Um, but without going into too much detail, uh, Derek Carr in this game had uh, 0.1 air yards per completed passes, which is actually very hard to do considering that 0.1 yards uh, from where you throw the ball is literally still in front of your face Uh, but yeah very very poor game uh, in in all facets here from Oakland Uh, Seattle just having doing what they wanted no revenge game really for Marshawn Lynch Um, but the fans Lee not really treated to a good one here
1: no it was an easy win for Seattle Um, it wasn't a great contest I actually think John Gruden was actually trolling the fans by kicking a field goal down big in the fourth as well it was a bit of a disgrace to be honest with you yeah um, why not just go for it, you know, you know, it's down big, just try and put up some entertainment for the people who've come out and paid their money. <laughs> um but yeah, just going back onto your um your flight um start, yeah, you are right in saying that um, you know, if you head over to London earlier, then you stand a better chance. Um and like you say, especially coming from the west coast, um, that's one thing I am really glad about. the chargers are staying in Cleveland yeah. um yeah. for a couple of days and then they're flying from Cleveland to London to shorten that flight. Mm. Which I think is a really smart tactic. Yeah. Um, moving on to something I what you just said, I completely agree that Gruden's sort of blowing up the roster. He's targeting all the first round picks in the last three, you know, few years. Obviously, Khalil Mack's gone. Uh, trade rooms about Amari Cooper before, and yeah. Joseph has been benched. Yeah. Now he's picking on Darion Conley, who's been benched, and you know he goes out in the media after the game saying that Darrell Wall is the best card on the team, even though he really got burned for one touchdown uh, that I saw while I was watching a bit of his game. Uh, so yeah, he's just sort of being egotistical. do um, sort of, you know? <laughs> Don't swear on the podcast, but uh, yeah, he's just going about it and just being a self in in a selfish way, to be honest. And yeah, he's just doing it all for himself, and he wants the credit. for if he rebuilds it and they're
0: successful at the end of it all, yeah, I mean, uh, he's also trying to shop everyone. So he's put Mari Cooper. So he wants a first round pick for them, uh, for him, and that that will uh, be lucky to get that. I think mean, he's still missing in London somewhere. Probably be on the back of a milk carton at some point. <laughs> um yeah uh, Kate, really, go on it doesn't really make sense either because he's going to ask for a first round pick
1: um, which obviously is an astronomical price really for it's because players like cars when you buy them new as soon as they drive off the forecourt obviously their value goes down um, and to ask for a first round pick for Mario Cooper is crazy you need own right but then you know, when you consider that the next draft class which obviously someone's going to lose their first round pick it's full of great wide receivers. There's going to be an absolute plethora of good wide receiver talent coming in in the next draft, in the next spring after the season. Mm. You're not going to give up your first-round pick if you're if you're a team that's after a wide receiver. You're not going to give up your first-round pick on Amari Cooper. who has been pretty broken for most of his career. I think he's had quite one good season. Mm. You know, to give up the chance to to Blood sort of and develop your own guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, here yeah. you also missed the opportunity there, Lee, to, to Say when you drive your derrick car off the forecourt, it depreciates in value straight away. But um, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, you're <laughs> good. <laughs> um, Kieran, on the, on the on the on the Seattle side, did you any, anything you like from it from Seattle?
2: It, it looked like the O line actually knew what they were doing for once. I was quite surprised because I think this gets missed a lot. Russell Wilson is a human piñata in this league. You always get the, oh, he's he's brilliant, his footwork, he can extend plays because he has to. He he doesn't do that because that's his skill set. He does that because he has to. It's another Deshaun Watson type situation. He's a very athletic guy. He's very physically strong and he's very quick. But he is let down by a bad offensive line. He takes way more sacks than he needs to. And he has to extend plays way more than he should. He's got brilliant receivers like uh, Doug Baldwin and people, Brandon Marshall and people like that. And he's not able to get the ball to them sometimes because the pockets collapse within two seconds. And he's got to take off and he's got to scramble for another six or seven seconds. And then everyone's covered and he's got to try and make the, the ground up on his feet. I mean, it was a very impressive game, you know, when they played the Raiders and I thought brilliant. But then again, the Raiders don't really have any great pass rushers. After they've lost Khalil Mack, that defense has lost a lot of its identity. So I'll give Russell Wilson a lot of credit. If you throw 17 completed passes and three of them are touchdowns, that's brilliant. And his O-line looked like they knew what they were doing. So maybe that Pete Carroll's changed some things that are going to help him in that respect. But if his O-line can have a performance like they did against the Raiders, I think... He'll he'll not be relied on as much to get yards on his feet or to scramble and have to extend these plays where they're not needed to be extended. Mm. So I think that's a big positive step forward for Seattle.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree with that, and obviously partly if you're playing against the off- uh, the defensive line of Oakland, that's also going to help. So that's always a good remedy for a, for a porous offensive line. Um, but it, uh, we don't really need to spend too much more time on that one. Uh, one one game that was a good decent game. I haven't had, ma- really managed to catch up on the highlights on this one, so I'll let you two do the talking. But um, it's the second time that New York Jets have put up 40 uh, in the season, in, twice in the season, which is the first time in an absolute age. Uh, New York Jets coming out with a win here. What was it, 42 to 34? Um, but yeah, this one this one was a great game. Lee, uh, did you manage to catch any of this?
1: Yeah, I have yeah. Um, obviously, got off to a pretty wild start with Andrew Luck throwing a pick, pretty unlucky one. Off yeah, a couple of hands, and yeah, within the first twelve seconds,
0: mm-hmm. that was returned for six by he,
1: Morris. He Clayborne. loves an interception this week, this year. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's uh, he's become a bit of a habit for him again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've mentioned that about a few people now, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, he had another unlucky pick as well, off a couple of hands. Um, uh, later on in the game as well. Uh, but we obviously do a few touchdowns as well, a few four touchdowns, I believe. Um, yeah. And Sam Donald on the other side looking quite good to his battle of the quarterbacks. Really,
3: yeah, uh, he's
1: looking quite a sound investment at the with the third overall pick. And I'm just wondering if uh, you know the other team in the city was uh, wondering what could have been with that one. <laughs>
3: um,
1: Jermaine Curse going over 100 yards uh, prior and Herndon though getting the scores mainly, uh, but so yeah, spreading it around and the running backs kind of uh, got a nice tandem going there mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Bilal, uh, Powell and, remind me of the other guys, Zach Correll, Zach Zach Yeah, like well. yeah uh, I and mean, they're sort of supporting the, uh, the, the passing game quite nicely there, so yeah, they've got some uh, signs of, you know, some green shoots of recovery, really, for New mm-hmm. York Jets at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think, to me, I think this game for both teams would have been one they kind of circled and maybe saw as a win, so they kind of went for it a little bit. And they're probably yes. two, probably two average defenses. I mean, Indianapolis is probably paid well above their their talent level, and you know, then they're, they're probably you know bottom bottom eight, uh, bottom quarter defense, if you like. And New York, New York Jets usually pay tough at home as well, but again, they're not they a young young defense, so they can uh, can can be uh, kind of. Put to the sword if if, if the uh, the right team play them. But uh, Kieran, for, for you, is any, anything from you here?
2: The, the big takeaway that I think a lot of people forget—they only just saw the score—is that the Jets kicked seven field goals.
0: There you go. I didn't know that. There you go.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. Seven yeah. Field goals great touchdown. score. Yeah. But then you look at Sam Darnold, He, I feel like he, right? He's one of my favourite quarterbacks coming out of this draft. He was amazing at USC. The guy is absolutely one of the most talented players I've ever seen. But I feel like he's been thrown into the fire a bit early. We saw it against the Lions, and we've seen it against every team he's played. He's Obviously, the pro uh, defence is way different to what he was used to in college, but he's still throwing those picks from silly passes or bad reads or he's being tricked. But I think after this year... If they if they draft well again this year, get some maybe maybe not more wide receivers, because they got some good wide wide receivers there like Kurse and Pryor and everything. I think if they maybe bolster the defense a little bit, New York Jets can be a a contender mm. next season. I think this season is not quite enough. But I think next season, once Darnold's got the experience, he's been able to throw in the NFL and I feel like the New York Jets might go back to the the heights they're at when they had people like Broadway Joe Namath,
0: and don't forget Mark Sanchez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everyone no, loves it. absolutely. Yeah, I think I think you're, you're kind of right there. I, I like. Um, the New York Jets are kind of a bit of a sleeper team at the moment and the only re- the only way they're gonna realise their potential is if if they make a couple of shrewd moves over the next year or so, maybe in the draft or trading or what have you. 'Cause they're they're very I think they're actually very close as well to being uh, like a, a surprise leapfrog uh to to, to decency. Um, which they've not they've not they've not had the luxury of seen for the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I certainly agree there. They've got a young enough defense. Uh, I'm not too sure on top bowls myself. Uh, but Sam Darnold's obviously there for the long run. Uh, and you know, if they can lean on their defense a little bit, and you know, then maybe Sam Darnold won't uh, maybe throw as many picks as, as he has been doing. But Lee, Lee, how, how do you see the Jets in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, I think I don't think they're going to be the team next year. I think a couple of years away. But yeah, like you say, with a couple of uh, decent moves, and if they draft well. Um, I think what stands out to me, if I'm, if I'm off my head, I think what I'd be looking for would be an offensive lineman to sort of give down a bit more time. Uh, when he gets a bit more experience, as Kieran said, he'll be reading things better. And I think that'll only uh, be good for everyone. Yeah. Um, But I think if you have to sort of put a gun to my head and say where is Levy on Bell going to end up, I would put my money on the Jets. Yeah,
3: sure, uh, sure.
1: They've got the cat the room. They've obviously got the, the big city and the bright lights. They've got a young quarterback. And, and if, you know if they could transform, they would be transformed. Sorry, with by his presence. Yeah. That. Although I know they've got the good running backs at the moment, but obviously uh, they're nothing compared to Bell. Yeah. Um. And and Cat Space is the big thing. Obviously, he's going to demand a lot of money. There's only a certain amount of teams who can take that on.
3: Yeah.
1: And they've got they've got enough for the next few years, and they're able to do that. So I would bet. I would bet on Bell That's where he will end up, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'll be in the offseason. I think it would be free agency. I think he'll come back uh, by week 10 for Pittsburgh and I think he'll play out uh, the rest of the season, start the playoffs uh, maybe in in not 100% the number one role uh, I think James Conroy will get his respect that he deserves with that one and then I think he'll be off in the the summer, Uh, that bridge has well been burnt and uh, yeah I think he'll pitch up uh, wearing white and green next year
0: yeah, not bad. Not a bad. Shout. I don't mind that at all. Again, it's, it's all about cap space. Um, and again, if they, you know if they pick offensive linemen in the draft, they off you go. You, rookie. You know, the way to win the, the moment in the 2018 NFL is to have a rookie quarterback on, on a rookie contract. So, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly, chances there. Um, but let's move on. Let's wrap the rest of these games up. Rams at Denver. Uh, was quite a close one. This one, but uh, Todd Gurley setting a career high in rushing yards with 208. Um, was obviously a quite a cold one. This one, I think, it's uh, one of the coldest games to ever be played in October. I think in the NFL. Uh, but Denver obviously giving back, uh, giving up back to back 200 yard r- rushes, which bodes well for David Johnson on Thursday night. Uh, but Cairo Santos with the uh, second game win- winning field goal in succession in two weeks, um, and obviously Rams improving to six. I know Denver dropping to two and four. Again, I suppose this was, again, the result everyone kind of knew was going to come. Uh, but I suppose Denver kept it a bit close. Obviously, that, that home field advantage, Lee, uh, nearly, nearly causing the upset.
1: Yeah, definitely. And obviously, with the conditions as well, as you mentioned. Um, I saw pictures of this game uh, prior to kick-off a couple of hours, there before kick-off, and it was heavy snow. Yeah. I thought we were going to get one of those uh, snow games. Yeah. So I, I took everyone out, apart from Gurley, I took everyone out with my fantasy team. I took uh, Brandon Cooks out, I took Goff out, I've got, got in a couple of leagues, because uh, so I thought it was going to be you know, a, foot, a foot of snow, and one of those weird games that ends like 9-7 or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was kind of it was kind of interesting actually, because one, favorite, one team favoured the run, which was the LA Rams, obviously with Gurley going over 200 yards, uh, and one team favoured the pass. Uh, Teaming, throwing for over three hundred yards, and um, a hundred of those were to Emmanuel Sanders, and they mm. barely ran it. Yeah, it's quite interesting how they, they tried to deal with it in two different ways.
0: Mm. Yeah, and Kieran, uh, was it was, was what what stood out to you uh, in this game?
2: Sean McVeigh is a genius. That guy <laughs> is probably even if you just go from his team's record, but if you watch. How he, how he talks and some of the things he remembers. That guy is undoubtedly the best coach besides maybe Bill Belichick in the league at the moment. Although his record at the moment is, be- is better than Bill Belichick's. Okay, Goff wasn't having a great day for an interception. Just over 200 yards and only 50% on his passing. Yeah. But when Todd Gurley takes off for 208 yards on 28 carries, that's unbelievable. The guy is so fast and he is so dangerous. And you... You, you can't even game plan for somebody like that because of they're so fast, because their vision is so great. and The acceleration. If you watch him when he'll, ha- he'll have a defender of safety or or, or a cornerback drop into covering, he takes three steps and he's already six feet away from him. The guy is just crazy fast. Mm. And I, I thought going into the game that Broncos might be the team to stop the Rams, but clearly they, it just wasn't enough. Todd Gurley just Every time he had that ball, he did something with it.
0: Yeah. Also fantasy as well. Standard scoring. Here's here's Todd Gurley's points each week: twenty point seven, twenty nine point three, nineteen point six, twenty one point six, twenty nine point three, and thirty four point five. I mean, that's just that's standard scoring. That's not even PPR. Um, so obviously he's rewarding all the guys that took him obviously first uh, overall in drafts. And if you got him at any any other place apart from one, um, you know you're counting your lucky stars really. Uh, especially if they were you know, the, the person that went. Yeah, you know, imagine if you went uh, Livion Bell, number one pick overall this year in fantasy draft. Should be yeah, pulling your hair out, wouldn't you? Pulling your hair. I, uh, I
1: actually got him at number four in one league.
0: Really? Wow. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. <clears throat> there we go. All right. Uh, let, one of the most... Uh, One of the least uh, decent games of the weekend, Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore shutting out the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Baltimore sacked uh, Marcus Mariota 11 times, and Mariota only uh, completed 10 passes, which I think has only been done four or five times in the history of the NFL, uh, where a player has been sacked more than their pass completions. The last uh, player that to happen to was, was Jay Cutler. Uh, which doesn't surprise me, actually, to be honest. But, um, yep, yeah, there we are. Uh, but Baltimore swept sweeping aside Tennessee. Kieran, uh, anything anything from here? Tennessee. Tennessee are awful.
2: Titan Titans should not have played Marcus Mariota. He's got an injured hand at the moment. So even putting him in there at risk of damaging his hand anymore was a very, very silly idea. You obviously saw the glove he was wearing. He doesn't need surgery or anything, but he's... Like you said, his hand's damaged and Baltimore took full advantage Just, just walked all over them. It was good to see Lamar Jackson get on the field, even if it was only for a small amount. But that guy is talented and I honestly can't wait to see, I think in a couple games, if Baltimore are at 4-2 right now, so they're good. I think if they take two losses in the next two weeks, they're going to start Lamar Jackson because the kid is unreal and i'm not I'm obviously not taken away from Flacco he had a good game as well, but they should have scored more against the Titans where their their quarterbacks injured and the Titans didn't look great all game. I know they've got players like Malcolm Butler and Dion Lewis, but they didn't really have a massive massive impact in the game so it's it's tough for the Titans they're obviously got off to a very bad like bad start considering they were in the Um, playoffs last year I I think take Mariota out just don't risk his hand anymore and the fact that the Ravens just couldn't score more than three touchdowns against the team who were essentially playing without a quarterback Mm. is ridiculous I mean Flacco's good but maybe give Lamar Jackson some snaps in the games like this where the Titans clearly aren't going to be able to do anything to score against you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Well, Mariotta, obviously, I think the Titans' hands are tied a little bit because obviously they were 3-2 and two heading into this one. So you're kind of, you know, you're still right in the hunt for, you know, wild card and, and divisional uh, divisional titles. So I, from that perspective, I, I see what you mean about just give them a rest, kind of like the well the Jags are doing with, with Fournette. But um, maybe they just feel their hands are too tied at 3-2 and two to to maybe not, not necessarily give up, but, um, you know, maybe kill a couple of games off and and then, you know, come back to to full strength. But yeah, Baltimore's defense, pretty decent, obviously. um, Not not quite the one with uh, Ray Lewis in and and all the rest of it. Ed Reed and all the rest of them. but yeah, no, Baltimore impressive all the, all the you know all the same. Lamar Jackson, it's quite interesting. Obviously we, we spoke earlier on the podcast about, you know, making people sit like Mahomes or, you know, some of the rookie quarterbacks this season. But it's quite interesting actually the Baltimore are uh, getting him into games and getting some snaps. So essentially they still are sitting him because there's not <clears throat> excuse me, not not really that much pressure on him. Um, but when he's in you know, when he comes into it next season he's not gonna be like a rabbit in headlights. Uh, and not not really know what he's doing, and not really know the speed, because he's he's kind of picking up the speed of the game, and he he kind of knows what it's all about. So Lee, when he when he does come in, whatever point that might be, I I still think it'd be next season, personally, from from the from a starting uh, perspective. But uh, things all looking rosy in in Baltimore. Uh, to a certain degree, obviously, this game against the Titans team is
1: really inconsistent. It's kind of got to be treated. I don't know. It's, it's got to be treated as a bit of an anomaly, I'd say. Um, yeah, not yeah. often the bottom wall. You know, like Kieran said, it's, if you're shooting someone out, you should put in more than 21 points on someone. But um, just going back to Jackson, yeah, he's he's getting he's getting a feel for the game and getting contact and things like that. But he's not reading defenses, no. so it still might be like being a rookie um, back there when he goes under center next next year, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but just going on to what Kieran said about you know if the Baltimore Ravens sort of uh, lose a few games. They've got a really pivotal um, schedule coming up in the next few weeks. So they've got to play the Saints, the Panthers, the Steelers, then the Bengals. So you know they've got two tough games against some uh, some NFC South teams, and then they've got two, two divisional games. So it's going to be sort of a really pivotal sort of stretch in their season. Yeah. Um, the AFC North is really open now, obviously with the, the Steelers beating the Bengals, and the Bengals sort of looking a bit more sort of human, uh, a bit more like themselves. The Ravens should go for it. Keep Bacco in, although I'm not the biggest fan of his. They shouldn't experiment with Jackson. Um, obviously, if they lose three or four of these next games, then might be time to sort of look to the future. Mm. But at the moment, just like the Tennessee Titans can't take out Mario because it's too big of a drop off to Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, while they're still in the hunt for playoff and potentially division, even though you know divisional winners Baltimore and Tennessee, it wouldn't you know set the world alight. Probably wouldn't be a great record that they win the division with, but one of those things are still sort of in the sort of in the, the sites then you've got to go for it. You can't be resting players and sort of experimenting, you've just got to go for it and whoever gives you the biggest uh, chance to win the game has got to play.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Yeah, I I quite like Baltimore's offense this season. The three wide receivers are working quite well. They're staying healthy, and they're certainly doing a job. And obviously, the uh, AFC South all three all uh, three teams there—Tennessee, Houston, and Jacksonville—all at three and three, so all to play for. Uh, Talking of Jacksonville Jaguars, stroll into Dallas, and they go back home with their tails between their legs. Jason Garrett going for it on fourth and one when they didn't need to—that's just textbook Jason Garrett um cole beasley in this had a decent game in this one had a lot of targets um but I, I don't know what jacksonville were doing in zone in zone coverage most of the game uh but Dak, the one the one telling thing for me was uh Dak, Dak prescott rushed 11 times uh, in this game which is the first time he's ever rushed for double digit uh, double- digit times and I've said, I've said on previous podcasts needs to need to get him to to run the ball more and have that that double um, that double weapon out of the backfield with Zeke as well because uh, it just opens up you know RPOs and screen passes and you know bootlegs because um, it it opens up, I know we haven't got the greatest wide receivers uh, in the league, but when when you can get Cole Beasley nine receptions for 101 yards and two touchdowns, you know you're obviously doing something right. But it's probably the, one of the best uh, games Scotland hands ever ever, ever called. Um, but I was a bit a bit perplexed there on Jacksonville's side of the side of the ball and defensively. Yeah, definitely. What what's
1: happened then? Obviously, they, uh, you know, totally revered as possibly the number one defense in the league um, up until quite recently. And, uh, you know, if Jalen Ramsey's been into post-match and he's not saying a lot, then I think that says even more, to be fair, with the amount that he likes to talk. Um, yeah, I think pretty similar to the Chargers first. Dallas just found something the opposition couldn't stop and just did it over and over mm-hmm. again. That was just running just yeah. running down the throats. With, and then with Dak as well. Yeah. Like you say, just running for way more than he'd ever done in his career previously. Uh, I found it quite funny as well that he actually didn't even throw 200 yards still, even in a yeah. blowout win.
0: When he offered 40 points, yeah. it's like he's not allowing himself to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's trying to do a, make a record or something of most games won under 200 passing yards or something. But I'm sure Josh Allen have uh, something to say about that. But uh, Kieran, any anything from you? From, are you surprised at Jacksonville's uh, performance on Sunday?
2: I was surprised how much of a tantrum Jalen Ramsey threw after the game. The guy... The guy talks the talk and generally walks the walk, but he has one bad performance and he's he's shutting himself up. He's basically Marshawn Lynch in the way he's talking to the press and it wasn't even that they were a bad team, it's just the Giants found something that worked and they went with it. They kept hitting Colby's the and they was handing it off I think they handed to Ezekiel it twenty five times in that game. So they were handing off the ball to him and they were hammering and hammering and hammering and the Jacksonville Coming out of last year, everyone was saying Saxonville, they're the best defence, they should have beaten the Patriots in the AFC game and everything, but they just didn't look themselves this game. And I think now what Jacksonville need to look at doing, maybe not for the season, but maybe for next season, they need to, I think it would be beneficial if they got rid of Blake Balls before the trade deadline comes up, because that guy is hurting that team. He is not doing any good for that team. If you look at his stats from that game, they were terrible. He hit 15 passes out of 26 attempts for an interception and a touchdown and under 150 yards. Mm. Blake Bortles is not the quarterback that team needs. And what you said about Prescott as well, it was good to see him getting on the ground. I think the only reason they don't run him with too many um, RPO plays or anything is just because the backup Cooper Rush is an athletic guy, so they want to keep the same system for both quarterbacks, Mm. which is what you've seen in uh, Baltimore. That's why they've got RG3 because when they got uh, Jackson, because they're both very similar style quarterbacks, both very athletic, they both come for the RPO. But I don't think the Cowboys would implement that system given that if Prescott goes down, there's no one to really take over from it. It's risky for a lot of teams. You've seen it with the Texans when uh, Watson goes down, Savage couldn't fill in with the play calls that Watson was hitting because he was having a good year last year before he got hurt. And yeah, the Jaguars just. Terrible TJ Yeldon 41 yards doing nothing. You can see Fournette being gone is really really hurting that team. Mm. So they can't rely on Fournette, and I think they need a new quarterback other than Bortles because he's just he's hurting that team. You can see that now.
0: Mm. Yeah, obviously, both teams uh, after this game going to three and three. Let's a couple of more games left to go. Um, let's all check into the car wash uh, Carolina out of Washington. Uh, Let's let's all get our suds going Let's uh, wipe us on Um, I didn't really watch much of this game I haven't got any money notes on it But Carolina had a chance to win this one late Obviously couldn't get the job done Uh, I saw Cam Newton was driving uh, Didn't manage to to push it into the end zone Lee, anything from this one? It didn't seem like a really good game to be honest No You know everyone has their personal preferences On the teams and players that they want to watch And I've got maybe four or
1: five teams in the NFL That I just really don't have any feeling towards And this is two of them to be honest so uh, yeah, not the not the greatest game for me to, to look into, but yeah, I did look into it. Um, Josh Norman obviously got his revenge in the Josh Norman oh, yeah. revenge game, yeah, yeah, with a forced fumble interception, yeah. and uh, really funny pictures that you've probably both seen um, of Josh Norman going up for a handshake of uh, Cam Newton, and Cam Newton couldn't even look at him, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, we've just been talking about Jalen Ramsey and Cam Newton sort of sort falls of, into that category of sore loser. Just have some class, you know. He's, I know him and Norman are friends and things like that, but it's even more sort of reason to give him some respect and sort of face up to it and take it on the chin, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just going into the game, the skins are early. Four teams, is it, uh, quite early on. Um and Andrews were playing solid football. Uh, DJ Moore with a couple of clubs uh, yeah. on the punt. And uh, yeah, this just sort of set the tone for them. And then the skins really just, couldn't really stretch it away from it, though, either. Obviously, like you say, Carolina made it a three-point game late on with a touchdown and a two-point conversion, then couldn't get it over the line. So the, the sloppy mistakes just cost them, really. Um, but Washington not blowing anyone out of the water by any means. No. Uh, just uh, two sort of middle-of-the-road teams uh, for me.
0: Yeah. yeah Carolina struggled as well with Christian McCaffrey on the ground. Didn't really manage to get anything going as well. Kieran, anything for you in this one or should we move on?
1: Uh, just,
2: just, just standard stuff. Alex Smith's doing what Alex Smith does. He's not turning the ball over much. He's just he's getting the ball down the field. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's helping him get the ball up there as well. And yeah. there's nothing new from the Panthers. Cam Newton forgot he was a franchise quarterback and got himself a hit hit a lot. And jo- Josh Norman just balled out. So there's there's not really much else to say there.
0: Mm. All right, let's move on then. Sunday night football. Uh, Barnstormer. KC at New England. Uh, what game this was. Um, probably the best two teams in the AFC at the moment. Um, look, wouldn't be surprised if this one becomes the AFC Championship game uh, in January, although uh, me me and Lee certainly hope that will obviously involve the Chargers. Uh, Sally Michelle, <laughs> uh, New England pretty much just ran ran at will uh, against the Kansas City defence there. Um, but obviously Patrick Mahomes then having the Cajones, uh, despite that interception late on in the second quarter, just before the half, uh, to bring KC back within a shout uh, of winning it. And then uh, New England just about coming out with the win. Uh, Kieran, we start with you. Obviously, you are a Patriots fan. Was it now buying stuff?
2: Oh my God! What a game, man! And like, I'm going to take my hat off to Patrick Mahomes. Four touchdowns against New England. Yeah, Tom only threw one, but Patrick Mahomes is so explosive. I will say, people need to pump the brakes on him a little bit because after last week, he was everyone thinks he was great. But if you look at the way the Chiefs' defense works last week. Mahomes was 14 touchdowns for two interceptions. But if you bear in mind, the year before, Alex Smith was 11 touchdowns with no interceptions. So he's good, but people are just getting way too excited about him. The big takeaway from the Patriots, obviously, Sonny Michelle, another 100-yard-plus game, two touchdowns. He's just he's just moving the chains consistently. Obviously, Gronk, once again, top of receiving yards for us. But the big standout for me was that first interception from Hightower because it was a fantastic play. He faked the blitz, moved towards Hunt as he, he pushed out, and then he watched Mahomes, he watched his eyes, he knew he was thrown to the crosser, to Kelsey, and he, he pulled back a few steps and he reached up and he took that ball, and that was perfect. He played Patrick Mahomes like a fiddle. And that's where, like, what we've seen with Donald and Mayfield; these more experienced guys are are doing that to these quarterbacks. Who they'll fall in one way, like he folded, folded with a blitz, and then dropped back and picked off the pass, which I thought was a fantastic, fantastic uh, pick. And obviously, yeah, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs were doing what Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs do. They didn't have any rushing touchdowns, but um, Tyreek Hill had three mm. touchdowns, and uh, Kareem Hunt had a receiving touchdown. But obviously that he's going to Kelsey so much, so Hightower knew what was going on. He knew Kelsey was running the crosser and he got up and took the ball. It's not taking anything away from the Chiefs. They played brilliantly and they if the if they'd have won, I wouldn't have been mad. They would have deserved it. Same with the Patriots. Obviously we relied a lot on our run game this game. We passed off the three different guys who all got fairly good rushing and stats but Sony Michel was just an impressed and impressed I thought he was going to be brilliant but I didn't think he was going to be this good and obviously Bill Belichick's got faith in it handing it off to him 24-25 times a game so he he's proven his worth and obviously Patrick Mahomes I'm not taking any away from him he four touchdowns against the Patriots defense is impressive from anyone so it was an absolutely amazing game to watch and I kind of felt like if if the Chiefs had won, it would have been the, the passing of the torch moment in that league. Brady, the old quarterback, passing the torch to Patrick Mahomes, the new young gun who's putting up the numbers Brady used to. So I think it was a big shot of adrenaline into the heart of the Patriots to get this win. We're 4-2 now and we handed the Chiefs their first loss. I think that cements we're not going anywhere this year. We're still the team to watch, and we're still the team who are going to try and Hopefully, well, if we get to the Super Bowl this year, I feel like the the Rams are going to have something to say about that. But if we can meet them in the Super Bowl and take them down, I think that would be a historic historic Super Bowl. I feel like it's, the scores teams are putting up this season, it's just going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you uh, it certainly was a statement win there from, uh, from New England. And certainly all the sports writers were ready to wax lyrical about KC and the Sunshine Band uh, conducted by Patrick Mahomes. But, Lee, was this, was this a just rehearsal for the AC Championship game?
1: Essentially, it's a long way to go yet. I'm uh, not, not willing to sort of crown anyone or put anyone through. Obviously, injuries can change a lot of things, still a long way to go. Uh, but yeah, no game of the year, like Kieran said so far, what a game. Um, really, really great game to watch. Uh just gonna pick a pick a few things just to mention. Uh Sonny Michel, yeah, he's proving to be, you know, legit running back in this league at the moment. Uh obviously you yourself have been banging the drum for Sonny Michel. Uh injury warriors are behind him now. Uh they're putting putting a hundred yards up for New England, kinda of showing that they can do it in different ways as well, which is, is quite interesting. Yeah. Um yeah no I, I can't really say anything to be more too honest um, I guess that's just why the Patriots have just been the best team for about 400 years because they just find a way to win yeah. um, and it's you know it's yeah it's, it's just the way things go isn't it um, it's not quite time to pass the torch um, just picking up one, one final thing about you know obviously uh, so many points in the games it's, it's not really surprising you can't really breathe on a quarterback anymore um, you yeah, know bring back a bit more physicality for me I'm not, not one for these uh, you know 40 to 38 games but yeah,
0: it's just it is at the moment. Mm. Yeah, one one thing that was telling for me in this game actually was uh, the fact uh, I think it was on the first Patriots drive. Belichick going it for uh, going it for on fourth down because he obviously knew that the. <clears throat> they, they, you know, I don't think. Oh, actually, a good stat for you in, in this one. The Patriots didn't punt or have any penalties in this game, so it just shows you what they needed uh, was required to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, any any penalties or punts, obviously Kansas City probably win the game. So it just shows you how how clinical and how efficient uh, New England are on offense there, and they needed to be obviously against that high powered Kansas City uh, offense. So yeah, uh, and I think like i say that was <laughs> that was shown on obviously on the first drive where they went for it on fourth down. I think around about midfield. And um, So obviously, it just shows Bill, Bill Belichick knew that he was in for a battle, and they needed to make it, and they did. Uh, yeah, not punting and not not having a flag uh, against them is quite a rare occurrence. Uh, but yeah, Patriots, Patriots but, are good. Yeah. Grass is green. Yeah,
1: yeah that starts kind of like peak Bill Belichick, is it? It's yeah. what he wants no fight, perfect execution. You know, the win in the end. That's just what that's just what he lives for, really. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay, let's round it off then. Let's finish it off. Sunday, uh, Monday night football. Um, a bit closer than most people thought. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back, rallying the troops uh, for that uh, for the game winner there. Uh, Thirty-three to thirty, I think it was in the end. Uh, but San Francisco, I think a lot of credit has to go to Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, how he's but cj bethard um has, has looked really good this year uh, compared to last year but so uh, the surprising one was alfred morris uh laying a goose egg and not even getting the you know he wasn't even have didn't even have carry uh, raheem Mustar and matt brady obviously carrying the balls there uh for san francisco but so uh, san francisco lee took it to green bay
1: yeah they did yeah it was like you say a bit closer than expected Um obviously went down to the final uh, couple of uh, seconds obviously Instant redemption for Mason Crosby after last week, which was kind of nice to see after all the kicking trials and tribulations we've we've had uh, back and forth. What points and what yards, especially through the air in the first half. Um, but as I said on Friday, when we when we got together, you can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it, and the connection that he's got with Javante Adams at the moment is is just one to saver, Really, uh, he went to him for three big catches that I saw. Uh, got the game time touchdown. Yeah. He caught the game. Uh, the sort of the pass leading up to the game time touchdown as well and then he got the final pass before the field goal as well. Yeah. Just shows that when you know when the game's in line when the chips are down, Aaron Rodgers is going to number seventeen. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: and just off the back of that I just want to give a bit of a shout out to the young guy as well. Uh Marquez Vardes-Scantling going over hundred yards and then Equinius Saint Brown coming with some big catches as well. So sort of the, the sort of we could talk about torch passing in the previous game. This is definitely gonna to be torch passing um from you know the likes of Jordan Nelson and Randall Cobb to these two guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they say, the uh, Kieran, the, the CJ Befford's uh, interception inside two minutes, which was nearly caught by the San Francisco guy, obviously would have set up a, a field goal opportunity and they could have run the clock down. Um, but when you leave Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, one minute seven, even if he has no timeouts, he can e- quite easily go 81 yards.
2: It, easily. It, it's what Aaron Rodgers does. If, if you say what's Aaron Rodgers known for, the only two words you can hear back are Hail Mary's. I do think this is this is what gets me about this win as well. Obviously, as a Patriots fan, I get a lot of the jokes about the refs and things. But if you look at how Green Bay won this game, the the ref for a penalty and wiped out a sack that really I didn't think was that bad. But it obviously just shows with the new quarterback rules, you've got to be very very careful. I know. A lot of defensive guys now are carrying pillows to put under the quarterback because apparently that's going <laughs> to be able to prevent the flags being thrown. Yeah. But not to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers, 425 yards, two touchdowns. This is fantastic. He's, he, he's, I think in my eyes he's a more complete quarterback than Tom Brady because obviously he can scramble. he He can get out of the pocket a bit more effectively. I don't think he's the greatest of all time, but I think he could be. Just another classic performance by Aaron Rodgers. If if you ever go into a game and you're you're in trouble of losing or you're down and late in the game, just Aaron Rodgers. He'll he'll do what Aaron Rodgers does and he'll win you that game. He was throwing towards you could see he was throwing to the edges to get people out. He's very, very clinical and he's a very, very smart quarterback. So obviously well deserved win for Green Bay, but I was I was surprised by CJ Befford. I didn't think He'd do as good as he did. I'm not saying he had amazing numbers, but two touchdowns, only one pick, and 245 yards. That's it's not bad for a guy who was an afterthought the second they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm I'm impressed with both sides, and it was a very very enjoyable game to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, CJ Befford's markedly improved uh, from last season, but so yeah, again, Kyle Shanahan surely uh, gets gets all the credits there. Just uh, fancy wise, obviously, you say Aaron Rodgers, uh, four hundred twenty-five yards and, and all those touchdowns. Devontae Adams, ten receptions, one hundred thirty-two yards and two touchdowns as well. So that wraps us up for pretty much for Week Six. Um, we shall, what we we'll do now is we'll be doing our full ten, our full ten questions where Kieran will be answering. Um, 10 questions uh, not really against the clock but just uh, it's just something we're going to get going and then maybe we'll have a bit of a leaderboard uh, and then towards the end of the year whoever whoever gets the uh, the most questions right we'll uh, we'll sort out we'll sort out a little something something so the question is uh, Kieran are you ready yes, let's go let's go Right. Okay. It, it should it should get progressively harder. So we we'll start off with the uh, with the easy ones. Question one: Where uh, what uh, what stadium does Chicago Bears play? Uh,
2: uh Soldier Field.
0: Correct. Yep. Uh, in twenty seventeen, which player had the most touchdowns for Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh,
2: Leonard Fournette.
0: Yep. Uh, which player uh, had the nickname Megatron?
2: Uh. Kelvin Johnson.
0: Yep. Um, okay, which uh, Which team in the NFC East has a bird in their name?
2: Oh, oh I can't even think. Um, Cardinals?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we'll
2: I'm, move. We'll... I'm horrible with where every team is sometimes, you know.
0: We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> which team's won more Super Bowls, Dallas Cowboys or Baltimore Ravens? Uh, Dallas Cowboys of course of course okay which player? uh, how of course of course any 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 (laughs) any reason Uh, which player had the uh, game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl between Pittsburgh and Arizona
2: (sighs) it wasn't Antonio Brown I don't think Pass. Pass. Is it cheating if I say Ben Roethlisberger?
0: No, it's not. No, yes, that's also wrong. Uh, We'll we'll come to the answers at the end. What number does Dak Prescott wear? Four. Yep. Uh, Which player has the most rushing yards for the Minnesota Vikings?
2: All time or this season? All time. Uh, Adrian Peterson?
0: Yep. Uh, Who is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers? Pass. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was for you, Lee. That one, and finally, how many passing yeah. <laughs> within 300? How many passing yards did Drew Brees throw for in 2017? Within 300, yep. Uh, I say 4,100. Oh, yeah, good shout. Well done. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, the NFC East team that has the burden name is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, reigning Super Bowl champs. Uh, the player that had the scored the last touchdown in the Super Bowl between Pittsburgh and Arizona was Santonio Holmes. Uh, wow. The the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers is Lee. Um, Anthony Of course. And yeah, good 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 shout on the uh, passing yards there. three for four thousand three hundred and thirty four. So I make that uh, mm-hmm. seven out of ten. So not a bad, not a bad effort at all. But uh, yeah, so you are yeah. the inaugural yeah. contestant on uh, the full ten questions. Um, so we You've
2: got to make a question yeah. from here on really hard so I stay at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've, all, they've already been predefined, so unfortunately, yeah. Uh, well, it depends. If it, it's easy if you know the answer, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I know yeah, them, yeah, I know. I know them all because I wrote the answers out. So that's the only reason I know. Um, yeah. No. Thanks for thanks for coming on the on the podcast, uh, Kieran. No doubt we'll speak to you at some point in the future. Um, but all, yeah, all the best, obviously, for the Patriots for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon.
2: Yeah, speak to you guys soon. It was a pleasure to speak to you both again.
0: So that will return next week where we have another guest on to go through another 10 questions. Um, So if you want to do that, get in touch with us, DM us on Twitter at Full10Yards if you want to take part in the full 10 questions. But now, Lee, me and you—it's just the two of us, as that famous song says. Once said once. Um, So we're going to just talk a couple of waivers, a couple of players that we liked and disliked, our stinkers and stonkers of the week, and then just a quick look ahead to Thursday night football. So let's start with uh, stinker and stonker of the week, and of of course, obviously, Jason Garrett corner. Um, Yeah. So my my stinker of the uh, week—the week is uh, Jordan Howard. uh, Had a really poor game last uh, last Sunday. Uh, if it wasn't for overtime, he he wouldn't have got all the yardage he did. I think he ended up with uh, 69 yards, obviously, in a fumble as well. But um, the uh, the backfield usage there uh, is, a, is just a bit worrying if you're a fancy owner that picked him that high up in drafts. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. I'm not actually too sure he still fits Matt Nagy's scheme. I, don't, I think he's just a bit of a misfit there. Uh, but he's not had a great start to the season. Uh, who who have you got as your stinker? Uh, well, i kind of ruined this one for, for us
1: earlier. Um I think of Cam Newton. Obviously, he's just just a crybaby. Uh, like I said before, I couldn't even look at Josh Norman when he came over to him. Um, just got to take it on the chin and just move on and just sort of respect the other team, really, and, you know, and the other people who play against you.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and so who's your stonker of the week? Who's your proud who's your of the week? Uh, I couldn't get anyone
1: else but Melvin Gordon for me. Um, the way he's running at the moment uh, he's running really hard. He uh, deserves a lot of success that he's getting. He's breaking off big runs, breaking tackles, just seems to make people miss or just make someone all the backwards and he falls forward. Yeah. And his partnership with Austin Eckler at the moment is just the best in the league at the minute. Um, and like I, said, like I said earlier, he's managed to run in for three schools uh, for the first time in his career. So definitely deserves my, uh, my stonker of the week.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Adam Thielen, obviously, to, uh, to to do what he's done through the first six games, and to even be in the conversation of the uh, top five wide receivers in the game at the moment, uh, just shows you kind of the level he's playing at. So he was my outstanding player of the week, and obviously, obviously, he's had a great start to the season as well. So I felt it necessary to include him on there. Uh, so let's move on to waivers then, Lee. Um, let's go with all yours first. I think you said you had three, didn't you? So if you just want to just shout out your three and just a reason, a couple of reasons.
1: I do, yeah. I'll just went just through these three really quickly. Uh, they're not the most creative of waivers, so apologies for that this week. Um, I had this one before Devonta Freeman went down, but Ito Smith, uh, stepping definitely my first one, he's got three touchdowns in three weeks now. Uh, so he's proven to be a nice backup while Devonta Freeman's out, and he's obviously heading for IR now, so it sort of gives you sort of green light to get him in. Um, you know, it's just like Freeman being out, and uh, sorry, Freeman being in with Kevin Coleman. Yeah. Uh, they're going to dovetail together, um, just like that. Um the, the original partnership. Uh, just moving on to the second one. Um, Eric Ebron, obviously, tight end of position. You need any, everything you can get. But he's becoming sort of a uh, consistent touchdown scorer for Indianapolis, much more than we saw at any point in Detroit. Uh, Andrew Luck seems sort of uh, got a nice relationship with him, got quite a lot of trust in him. And obviously, being the size that he is and the speed that he can run at, he's quite a good red zone target as well. And then finally, just to add this off, I uh, mentioned him earlier, but Marquez Valdez Scantling, obviously, bang, jumped him last week. Um I'd get him in there, get in there early, uh showing that last week wasn't a wasn't a one off. he um, could be the new Randall Cobb. Um I expect John Gruden to be trying to re- replace Mari Cooper with obviously another older receiver in, in Cobb. I think he'll be masterminding that as we speak, so that'll mean that Father oh, it will be the new slot receiver in Green Bay mm. and obviously any Green Bay wide receiver, whether it's slot or whether it's outside, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback and there's going to be some love to be shared. And uh, he looks like he looks like a talent uh, by this company, so I'd get him in.
0: Yeah, no, I like it, like all of those. Uh, a couple of names, I'll, I'll, I'll just flitter through these. Uh, Frank Gore, I think deserves to be on a, I didn't think I'd say this in 2018, but he deserves to be on a on a roster, obviously. I, yeah, I I, it boggles my mind what they're doing in the backfield there in Miami, but obviously he had 100 yards rushing last week, uh, again, and as against a, a decent Chicago defence there as well, so he's obviously got enough of the uh, backfield to warrant consideration. Uh, Jalen Rashad as well, he, for PPR purposes, he, he gets quite a lot of production through the air, uh, obviously, when they get blown out like they did at Wembley, uh, he he can pick up a lot of yardage from, from those receptions. Uh, wide receiver, obviously Quincy Numea down for a month, so check out on J- Jermaine Curse. I think he's a good pickup, and Robbie Anderson obviously as well. Um, Albert Wilson also ha- had a decent game, but he actually had a- an increase in snap percentage as well. So he, what well, he has big games, but he obviously he'll he'll give you a goose egg. But you know, you, what you you're not going to find much better on the waiver wire at these points. If Taylor Gabriel uh, is still on waiver wire, go and pick him up as well. He seems to be becoming a more and more important cog in that offense. A uh, couple of tight ends, Evan Ingram, if the owner of Evan Ingram had uh, dropped him to waivers, he should be back next week. So pick him up, he could be uh, a decent one, for, especially in PPR where the, uh, the offensive line's not great and uh, Evan Ingram's going to have to pick up some dump-offs uh, from Eli Manning. Uh, I think that's pretty much from it for me. For me. Uh, yeah, okay, so we got two things uh, Two things left. Yeah, we got third and a half football, but of course, the Jason Garrett corner. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a puppet. It's fourth and one, don't do it. Just clap your hands. Okay, so plenty of uh, worthy... People to, to consider for the spot on the coveted Jason Garrett corner this week, but I'm going to start off with uh, John Gruden. We spoke to it about about obviously the Wembley game, uh, Oakland, and how bad they've been. But my God, John Gruden is just he's just destroying that franchise, and whether or not he's just he's just waiting to you know, go to Las Vegas to, to build it all back up again so he can say, look, I've built this uh, franchise from scratch. He's seriously doing harm to, you know, not only that fan base, but, you know, his reputation as a decent coach. You know, none of the players will want to play for him. Uh, and I just think it's just, what he, what he's doing is totally and utterly selfish. And then to, on top of it, the cherry on top, to be pe- picking up $10 million a year to, to, to do that and, you know, have your own scouting staff, for example, that are separate from the organisation. I mean, what are you, John Gruden, what are you doing? Um, so... John Gruden is my, my candidate this week for the Jason Garrett corner. Have you, who have you gone for this week?
1: Uh, I've gone for Hugh Jackson.
0: Uh, really
1: That didn't take <laughs> long, did it? <laughs> along, along, with, uh, along with Jason Garrett, could probably be the re- resident of this, this sort of little section of the pod. Um, so what happened was, in, in the Chargers game versus Cleveland this weekend, uh, the Browns were sort of driving just for half-time and they got within 10 yards, I want to say. I might be, might be a bit wrong with that, but they got pretty close. Uh, close enough to be able to sort of have a shot at the end zone. Uh, time sort of expi- it was expiring. They went for the field goal, um, but one of the Chargers defenders jumped over the line, which drew the flag, and meant they could have had the play again. Um, and instead of going for it, just having one throw away, he could possibly have up six points. He just went and kicked the field goal. Obviously, this might sound, not sound like the worst sort of offence in isolation, but when you look at the whole game, Hugh Jackson has been really, really aggressive the whole, the whole half up that point. He'd gone for it on fourth down a few times and then he continued to do that in the second half and he he got a two-point conversion off a of Brown's touchdown as well. So, it kind of doesn't fit sort of his overall game plan that he would do that and for that, I just think he's a coward and just deserves to be in the Jason Garrett corner for this week.
0: Yep, love it. That's fine and that will be back again next Tuesday but let's finish off the show with Thursday Night Football Preview. It is the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Denver Broncos. Now, uh, this could be the game where David Johnson gets a, mon- a monster score because uh, Denver's rush defense is absolutely putrid. Uh, obviously, giving up those, like we said in the show, uh, two, two straight uh, 200-yard rushes. Uh, which Isaiah Corell and um, Todd, obviously Todd Gurley. Obviously, Todd Gurley is no, you know, you, you kind of expect that a little bit. But uh, Isaiah Corell obviously was a bit more, a bit more of a surprise that he managed to get to 200 yards. That's usually his year's quota when he was in Cleveland. Um, But, yeah, a bit of a tough one to call. Obviously, Denver travelling on a short week uh, over to Arizona. I can see Arizona having a sneaky win here. I
1: don't
0: know. (laughs) He's not the
1: greatest first-night (laughs) that you'll see, but I think that's a bit wild to say that. I have the opinion at the moment that you just can't back the Cardinals until they show us something. I know they've won one game, but there's no no one who hasn't at the moment. Uh, So, I'm going to back Denver. I think they showed enough against the Rams. Uh, They've got enough... To sort of beat this poor Cardinals team, but like you said, David Johnson could come up big. Uh, the game when you find this team, like Fitzgerald owners might be able to wheel him out for maybe one of a couple of times this season. Yeah. Uh, but I do think if David Johnson gets a good showing this week, I'd use him to bait someone to trade with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we spoke about this last last time. Um, you know, the other possibilities of trading David Johnson or keeping him. Yeah. And um, this, this is I think a moment to capitalise on a decent game that he might have and. Getting out of your team and get someone in who's in a better situation, albeit they might not be the bigger name.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Denver Broncos, two and a half point early favourites for this one. Over under, is 41 and a half. The Arizona, like I say, the Arizona defence has actually put up a decent show in this part. Obviously, it's been overshadowed by uh, the ineptness on offence, so could be a, could be a low in this one. Um, not really many people to start. Obviously, you start in Sanders. Probably wouldn't start Keenum, to be fair, in the, in this one, or, or Demarius Thomas, although he did have a good game uh, against the Rams, but again, it was a bit of a, bit of a crazy one, that one. Uh, managed to get into the end zone. From the Arizona perspective, again, you, you have to obviously start David Johnson based on what the Denver Rush defence has been showing. Uh, Christian Kirk might be a speculative play. Obviously, Josh Rosen seems to go for him, uh, has a bit of a rapport of him, and, and Christian Kirk comes up with, this, with some big plays. Uh, but I won't be starting Larry Fitzgerald, um, and I won't be starting Ricky Seals-Jones. But, yeah, not really many points to share around here.
1: No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine so. I imagine this is going to be quite a low scorer. Um, it's not something I'm going to be tuning into uh, in the middle of the night on Friday morning. No. Uh, I'll leave that to the hardcore fans. But um, yeah, it obviously could surprise us. But
0: yeah, not the greatest, there's no football, I say. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's pretty much going to do it for today's show. Lee, we obviously will be back on Friday. Don't forget after our free NFL jersey competition on Twitter, head over to our Twitter page for all the latest goings on with the podcast. Um, some lo- loads of news coming your way in the next couple of weeks, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, but until Friday, Lee, I, I suppose it's. Uh, I suppose it's time to say goodbye. So, um, yeah, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from you. It is, yeah. Goodbye.
1: Uh, see you on Friday. Uh, we'll have another good chat. I um, hope everyone has a good week. So,
0: in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com